Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're chatting with pastor, author, and leadership expert Dan Ryland. Dan is the executive pastor of 12 Stone Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia. He's been in leadership for decades and is the author of several books, including Confident Leader. Dan has lots of wisdom to share, so let's jump right into this conversation. Welcome, everybody, to our Avail Leadership Podcast. It's so good to be here again, as always, bringing amazing leadership content for all you leaders out there. My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the Avail Leadership Media Host. I'm also the pastor of Vertical Church, also known as Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages. And uh, at Avail Leadership, our aim is to guide today's Christian leaders in the art of leadership. And so if you are in leadership and you want to help take your organization and your team to new levels, this is a great place to be connected. I'm so excited to get into this conversation today with Pastor Dan Ryland. Pastor Dan is the executive pastor of 12 Stone Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Uh, he's been in leadership for decades. He's authored several books, including Confident Leader, which we'll be talking about today. Um, uh, Dan's impressive leadership history involves partnerships with John Maxwell, uh, Coach uh, and all kinds of ministry leadership accolades. Um, he loves the church. Um, he loves his wife, Patty, and his children, Mackenzie and John Peter. And I'm a fan. Uh, DanRyland.com is a great place for resources for all church leaders. And so, Pastor Dan, we are so honored that you would take time to connect with us here at the Avail Leadership podcast. I've been waiting and excited for this opportunity. Uh, it would be amazing if you can just share a little bit about yourself. For those who are who are new to the Dan Ryland world, a little bit about yourself, your story, and of course, this book, Confident Leader. Thank you so much, Pastor Virgil. Um, this is great to be here with you. And you're in Florida, right? Yes, sir. So we have, so we have something big in common. I'm a native, born and raised San Diegan boy. Wow. And so beaches and palm trees. Uh, Florida's close to my heart. When I see a palm tree, <laughs> I feel like I'm close to home. <laughs> I hear you. I love them too. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was a, it was quite a transition. You know, when you go from the Pacific Ocean and you trade that for the Chattahoochee River in Georgia, that is not, you either, you either have been called by God or you're just not a smart person, you know? <laughs> hey, listen, hey, listen, God's creation is wonderful, but I got to agree. There's something about the ocean that is yes. Yes. So, well, thanks for uh, that introduction. You named my children, Mackenzie and John Peter, which, of course, they're both now late 20s, one's married. So I've got to tell you that we have our first grandchild. Wow. Yes. Our little, our little granddaughter named Anza Mission, and wow. she's just the coolest kid and six months old. But um, so, yeah, native, native California, native, native San Diegan, uh, born and raised there, grew up. And uh, uh, pursued, uh, actually, my undergraduate work was uh, criminal justice administration. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was a private investigator for about a year. Anyways, wow. that's, <laughs> that's a whole, whole other story. But uh, <laughs> God got a hold of me and off to seminary I went, found myself connected to John Maxwell. That went for 20 years. Wow. We're still buds. He's still my coach and mentor, very close. We text and talk quite a bit. 
and um, in between the church in San Diego and here at 12 Stone, where I serve, as you mentioned, as the exec pastor, we're a multi-site church with eight campuses. I've been here 19 years, right? Wow. Um, long time. Uh, in between that, I was actually uh, at North Point with Andy Stanley. I served as on the board, as an elder on the board, and he's just a brilliant leader, brilliant communicator. Mm -hmm. I learned so much there. And and uh, so here I am. I love the church. I love to uh, coach leaders and develop leaders. I Churches in my blood. And so anytime I get an invite from somebody like you to talk a little leadership, I'm in. It's so good. You know, we talked about it uh, as we were preparing for this, how you have that passion, which I have as well, which is leadership, but then also the church, right? And yes, being yes. able to, to, to connect those two is so huge. And so this book, Confident Leader, um, I think is a resource that, uh, no, I'll take that back. I don't think I know is a resource that every leader, every leader should have in their arsenal. Can you tell us a little bit about the story about Confident Leader and kind of what, what, what brought it about? What's your heart in it? And, and, and you know, anything else that might be interesting for us to know about this book? Sure, I'd love to, thank you. Uh, so let me ask you a question for that purpose. So uh -huh. are you a roller coaster fan by any chance? I'm a huge roller coaster fan. My, my wife usually stays, you know, with anybody who doesn't go on or holds the purses, but yeah. I am a huge roller coaster fan. Yeah, my, my kids are, I was, I, you know, I started getting a little older and it's like, you know, the last one I went on, this is probably like a baby one to you, but it only topped out at 67 miles an hour, but it was the Hulk at Universal down in I know the Hulk. That's yes. fun. That's fun. It's fun. But 67 miles an hour, not, they have them now that go over a hundred miles an yeah. hour. We, I remember the last time we were on one, they tell you, take everything out of your pockets Nothing because it will all fly out. It will all be gone. You'll lose everything. And my daughter, Mackenzie, who I love to death, said, no, dad, my, my jeans are snug. My phone won't go. Now, this will date it, right? Do you remember? Do you remember the Razor phone? Do you remember the Razor? Yes. Motorola yeah. Razor. Yes. I mean, if you had a Razor phone, that was cool back in the day. Yeah, it was. And so, and to a teenager, that's coveted. <laughs> we got launched, you know, zero to 40 miles an hour in two seconds. Wow. That razor phone must have gone into outer space we wow. never saw it again <laughs> and roller coasters roller coasters are an interesting picture of leadership confidence the ups and downs the highs and lows the fast and the slows and you know a lot we we, we kind of react to the we hold on for dear life we go you know <laughs> it's almost like a, a ride sometimes leaders feel they have no control over and and you know think about the day-to-day -day, day -day life of a leader where you might be going into a, a meeting with conflict. You're, you're looking at the offerings and going, oh my gosh, or uh, maybe success, maybe it's overconfidence. Yeah. Or, or think about attendance right now in COVID. Um, I, I, we're talking, one guy asked me recently, he said, so what is your, what's, the, what's the attendance at 12 Stone? And I stopped. And for the first time in all 35 years of leadership, I said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was hoping that you would say that because I don't feel like I'm the only one now. Exactly. I mean, it's like, well, pre-COVID, I could, you know, and so it's just, you know, you're, when a church leader says, I don't know how many people go to your church, my church. Well, that's a little bit of a, a shakeup kind of a thing. Yeah. So here's what I know with all the ups and downs. As a leadership coach, as somebody with great passion for leaders, here's what I know. You can have, we can have, even in COVID, a more consistent, authentic, steady, not boring, but, but steady, yeah. Uh, coming from the inside kind of leadership confidence. And that's really where it came from. Just, just watching leaders for all, the, all these years. 
the roller coaster of overconfidence, underconfidence, all that kind of thing. Uh, and by the way, whether you're overconfident or underconfident, both will get you in trouble. Uh, <laughs> neither one of those are any good. Uh, and that's where the book came from. And I could tell you some more things about writing it if you want, but, uh, but that's kind of the heart of where it came from. Yeah, and, and, I, and I remember you saying something about like, it's not some confident leaders, not because leaders aren't confident, it's because it's just the up and down of it. And, and right. even right now, I can, I can give a prime example. This happened to me yesterday of the time that we're recording this. And I got off of a phone call congratulating a brother from our church for his birthday, you know, one of our leaders and yep. blessing him. I stepped out of the car literally 30 seconds later to embrace a couple who just lost their child, you know? And, and so, you know, the, the, again, whether it's emotional, whether it's, you know, um, organizational, the ups and downs are there. Um, so I, I wanna get into some questions with you because I think a lot of um, your experience, Dan, you know, as, as a pastor, as a leader is gonna be so valuable here. Um, here's a question, what can leaders do, especially during this season that we're living in right now to keep their thinking fresh and innovative uh, to avoid boxing themselves into a certain way of operating. I think this is important in this season. I do too. I do too. Virgil, I, I think we have to keep, how do I say, our soul fresh if we're mm. going to keep our thinking fresh. Uh, it really starts on the inside. You know, we can manufacture it temporarily on the outside, but it's really on the inside. I think if we empty the well and we don't fill it back up again, it doesn't really matter how hard you work. You can work really hard. Mm. You can be godly, but your thinking will grow stale if you aren't filling it back up again. And, and sometimes we just try to work harder and harder and that, that doesn't do it. So, and then I think we get freed up at a soul level through our walk with God, you know, peace and poise over anxiety and insecurity, just because you're settled with God. Mm. And I'm not trying to make this all a super spiritual thing, but it really does start there. Just that uh, peace and poise. I think, I think a lot of leaders walk around today with what I call a low grade anxiety. Mm. They're not freaking out. They're, they're, they're solid. They're good. They're leaders, but it's just kind of a, in their gut, kind of in their spirit. It's just a, yeah. they're just a little off. Yeah. And then when I sit with somebody who's got a poise, they're just at ease, you know, yeah. you can see the difference. Yeah. Um, here's what I, here's what I think. When, when, when you have that, you're, you're open to innovation and change. Uh, you know, I think leaders in general are not resistant to change. They're not resistant to innovation. I think it's because they, they don't have the emotional margin Mm. to absorb anything new. There's no space to add anything new. But when you've got a little, little piece, a little margin to think, that's the foundation for change. That's what opens the door so that we can be innovative and think and change. Yeah, I think that's important because innovation is so key, especially in these times, uh, because you can, you, you, we really can get stuck, you know? And I think, I think that's probably a word that a lot of pastors and leaders would use is, I feel stuck. And so what you're, what you're proposing, what you're saying is kind of internally, you mentioned soul being fresh, which helps our thinking be fresh, will then create some space for that innovation. Yeah, it makes us more receptive from the inside. I think so many leaders now are just overloaded. Yeah. And so, and, so, and, and they can, we can't appear like closed off from change. Like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And if that's really not the case. They just, there's no space to take it in. Right. Now, now there is an external part of that. Sometimes that they're just doing too much. And the way yeah. to be receptive to innovation and change is to, if they're going to add something, drop something. 
if they're going to change something, create some space and time so they have time to launch the change. And obviously there's an entirely other aspect to it we can talk about or not, but the entirely other aspect is to be around innovative leaders, be around change oriented <laughs> kinds of leaders, be around people who are not afraid to, to, you know, to make a change. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and I think, I think that um, that's one of the reasons I hear it a lot in leadership conferences is the people we, we have around our table is important right and 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 it's good to have somebody who's asking questions or who's or who's saying hey can't we do this in a different way because it challenges us um we're talking here uh, with pastor dan ryland and and we are addressing confident leader which is um you know this this most recent book which by the way i think everybody needs to get this we'll talk a little bit about more about how they can get that later okay here's the next question dan how does confidence in a leader change during difficult seasons, kind of like the one we're in? And does it look different than it might look during calmer times or stable times? It does, because so much has changed. You know, there's a difference between an insecure leader and, an in, and, and a leader who's insecure in a moment. Uh, we all have insecurities. All leaders have insecurities. Some, some leaders have, you know, a little bit of insecurity. Some yeah. leaders have a lot of insecurity. Mm -hmm. but, but that's different. Somebody who's just an insecure person, that's different than an insecure moment. Um, even after all these years, without, at a, as a young, young leader, I definitely was insecure for sure. I think God's done a lot over the years. I've been blessed with great mentors. But I still have insecure moments, right? Yeah. And in the same way, there's a difference between a leader who just lacks confidence, just flat out lacks confidence, uh -huh. and a leader who uh, is lacking confidence in, in the moment or in a season. And I think we're in that season for a lot of, a lot of leaders right now. Uh, I, I think um, I've sort of coined a, an idea in my head of, of what, what's, what's the new overload or the, or the new overwhelm. Uh-huh. And it's it's three things that I've been testing it out and it's kind of landing with a lot of the leaders is it's unanswered questions, unsolved problems, and unknown future. Say that again. Say that again. That's good. I'm writing yeah, these yeah. down. It's it's unanswered questions, uh -huh. unsolved problems, and uh -huh. unknown future. Un un un. <laughs> you know, it's it's the new overload and the new overwhelm. It, it's the big idea, uh, Virgil, is that that life is perpetually undone. <laughs> nothing nothing resolves it's yeah. it, it, kind of like in music um we need a resolve it, it 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 wants to come back to an end to a place that it's supposed to and life is not letting that happen <laughs> it's this perpetual unanswered questions unsolved problems unknown future that's different we've been in this now what for five months yeah five months and so here's the good news uh, well, there, I mean, let me give one other piece first. Um, uh, this sustained thing, this sustained undone, this sustained uns, you know, that elevates what the normal frustrations that we all live with frustrations, worries and fears and discouragements and, mm -hmm. you know, and even some anxieties and fears. But this elevates it. I, even, even anger now. Uh, one, one staff member said about uh, her spouse, and this described it so perfectly. I mean, I couldn't believe it. She said, my husband is so mad, but he doesn't know who to be mad at. <laughs> doesn't that just describe it? Yeah. You're just mad, but you don't know who to be mad at. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, th here's the good news for us as leaders is, or you who are listening, all of us, 
is you are not expected to lead perfectly. Nobody's asking that of you. Yeah. What, what you're being asked to do is to do your best to make progress in the right direction. That's it. Do your best to make progress. We are counting on you to make progress. We really are. So uh, do your best to make progress in the right direction. That's what, that's what we're looking for. That's what you're, those you lead, that's what they're looking for, not perfection. You know, I think, I think as leaders, sometimes we do bring that on ourselves, that, that not only the desire, but the pressure to be perfect. You know, I know, I know that, that when I mess up on something or if I make a decision that doesn't turn out the way that I was hoping it would, I can easily get on myself, right? And, you know, and this is, you know, I guess, depending on our personalities, that can happen. Um, can you share some tips, Dan, on how leaders can alleviate that pressure when they're, you know, that they're, that they're under, you know, and maintain a healthy state of being, even in the midst of crisis or challenging circumstances? What are some tips? Yeah, that's a great, it's a great connected thought here. I think first, let, let's just say this, that pressure is not a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. Pressure is not a bad thing. All leaders, express, ex, we all experience pressure. And so the idea here is kind of like conflict. The idea isn't to avoid conflict. It's to learn how to resolve conflict. Oh, yeah. And so here, you know, whether it's external pressure or internal pressure, they're both different. You know, internal pressure, that's, that's, uh, that's, the, pressure, that's the expectations you put on yourself. External pressure, that's the expectations other people put on you. Yeah. In this case, pressure, um, it, it's the question is, what do you do when it gets too high? Hmm. That's what we want to talk about for a minute. I, I don't know if, you know, I'm not much of a cook, but my wife's is incredible cook. And you probably know what a pressure cooker is. Yes, you yes. Know, and, the, you know, the, you know, and there's, it, it, there's the relief valve on it because there's so much pressure. If, if that relief valve isn't there, that thing can blow. Literally, the food can just go everywhere, but there's a pressure relief valve. And the, the key is to figure out how to, to have a pressure relief valve for a leader before you blow. <laughs> and and uh, so I, what I want to talk about for just a minute, maybe, um, or responding to your question, is to adopt a healthy pressure relief valve and know how to use it before it's too late. So... <laughs> We all know what unhealthy relief valves are, right? We all understand what we do that are unhealthy. We know it when we see it. <laughs> we know, we know exactly what I'm talking about. I'll use one that's a little lighter because we know all the ones that we don't even want to talk about right now. But, you know, uh, um, I've call, I started calling myself, I'm in pretty good shape. I run, I run a 5K every day. And so I try to eat healthy. My wife's a vegan, right? So, uh, <laughs> but I've started calling myself like the COVID eating machine. You know, I'm working out of the house now. And so I get up and I have breakfast and I start working and, and I'm working away and it feels like it's time for lunch and it's 1030 in the morning, you know, and you're at home and you know, it's like, oh, let's just eat, let's have a little snack. And I go, what am I doing? You know, we, we know what unhealthy stuff is. Yeah. But what's your healthy? Let me, let me just toss out some, some super practical examples for all yeah. of us. Like, like I'll just here's a few, I don't know how many we'll just, we'll do like uh, a healthy relief valve would be a trusted friend you can talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Who's just somebody you can just talk to? You, they're trusted. They're smart. They're strong. Another mm. one would be, uh, you know, somebody to help you lead. Too yeah. many leaders feel like they're alone, even when they've got leaders around them. There's somebody who will help you lead. There's somebody who will step up. If you're, if you're in a little church or in a big church, somebody yeah. will help you do what God's called you to do. And, um, you know, something to enjoy. What, what is it that you enjoy? Uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, you know, what, what it's a hobby. I don't want to sound trite, 
but God, God made joy. God made life to be enjoyed. You know, there, you can't, you can't stay in all the uns, all the undones and not put in a little bit of fun and enjoyment. Um, now this one may be unpopular, but I'm going to put it on the list is exercise. <laughs> exercise is really great to alleviate stress. Yeah. Um, I'll give you one more, one more. You could, you could probably add some to the list. I'm sure Virgil is, is, <laughs> is quiet. I, I don't know about you and your life and your leadership as a senior pastor, but I don't have a lot of quiet. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going, and that's part of me, type A, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. but there's not a lot of space in, unless we go make the space right. to just be quiet. But those are ideas of a pressure relief valve for the men and women, the leaders who are listening, that they, that they know what it is and they, and they use it before it's too late. That's really good. And I think a word that I would add to what you just said is intentionality, which is what yeah. you're, what you're implying, because um, it, unless we're in, we could, we could know, I could know about the release valve, but if I'm not intentional in saying, Hey, I need this, yep. you know, and I, and I'm preaching to myself here, right? Because I, there's two things. I know one of them you're going to, you're going to connect with me on for, for sure. But there's two things that really are life giving to me, which is playing basketball, and I don't do it as much as I, I should, and I, and I I wish I could, right? Yeah. And also playing guitar. Yes, uh, the second one. Yes, that's the one I, I had a feeling you were gonna you were gonna like that one. Um, you're a guitar guy, right? You like guitars? Absolutely. Yeah, and so and so something as simple as like you're saying, just having putting in the calendar some space to recreate, you know, to rest, to enjoy, can sometimes be that that release that we need. Yeah. And, and if I could come back and add something to that too, yeah. doing it without guilt. There's, there's <laughs> just, it's so easy for us, for you, maybe, maybe you're like me, but it's too easy to put guilt on you and, and, yeah. and don't put guilt. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just gotta, you know, we, cause sometimes we feel guilty because, well, what are people going to think because I'm doing this when I should be working or should be doing more things, you know, but you know, I think there comes that personal health aspect, which is important. Th these are good tips you know, for everybody, but young leaders, if you can tap into this early on, you're going to save yourself a lot of, um, a lot of ache, a lot of body ache, soul ache and spirit ache, you know, yeah. in the journey, because, um, some people, some people don't learn this, uh, as they, as they're growing and going through the years in their leadership. Some people don't learn this soon enough and, and addressing young leaders, Dan, um, you know, you're an experienced leader. You've discovered a lot of strategies uh, that work in regards to building teams, in regards to continuously growing. What advice would you give to leaders who want to grow their capacity, you know, but they're still kind of in, at the beginning of their journey. They're still kind of spinning the wheels, maybe not even with a title, a leadership title, but have an aspiration or have a vision or in a new role. You know, yep. what, what advice for growing capacity which I think is also connected to confidence some way. It, it is, it is. I, lo I love this question. I love working with young leaders. There's, there's uh, two or three specific groups that this book is designed for. One of them is young leaders. Another yeah. one is, it's a very specific group, is leaders who develop leaders. So uh, for the young leaders, this is great. For leaders who develop leaders, it's great. There's, there's more, but they're very targeted and written for, uh, for these kinds of groups. But anyway, um, I love it because we, you know, we have a residency, a two-year residency for young ministry students coming out of college with us. And so we've got 29 residents with us and they're just 
awesome. I love working with the residents. <laughs> but, but I also have a lot of experience in, in here and across the country. And a surprising, <laughs> a surprising number of young leaders get frustrated because they're not promoted fast enough. Right. And sometimes I want to say, you've been here for eight and a half minutes. Just, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's just in, enjoy, you know, take. So, um, but seriously, uh, uh, they want a seat at the table. The young leaders want a seat at the table. Yeah. And they, and, and we, you know, the old leader, I'm the old leader, right? <laughs> Those of us who are in senior, senior leadership, we should, we're the ones responsible to develop job to raise them up and develop them and, and give them a place in leadership that's our job to particularly you know uh, older leaders handing the baton and and because they are the future that's our job and we need to do that but from the young leaders uh the, a couple of things that that i almost always share well i'll give you two and then maybe a couple other things uh, mm -hmm. after that that are a little bit different it, is number one is build the ministry that you were chosen for rather than get frustrated for the thing that you want that mm. you haven't been given yet. So mm. num number one is build, take, take the ministry you were given and build it. Yeah. Don't get frustrated about the thing that you want, but right. haven't been given yet. And then right with that, right with that is enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. Yeah. You've got to have, you got to have both. Cause you know, I call it the fruit, fruit and joy, you know, uh, results and joy uh -huh. because you know, with, uh, uh, fruit or results without joy is drudgery uh -huh. and you'll never go the distance like that you'll never leap for 35 years like that you can't go the distance of course and if you have joy without fruit well i'm glad you're having a party dude but you know what i mean it's like that isn't going to work either so you got to have both and so that combination to build what you've been selected for rather than being frustrated about what you weren't given. Because here's, here's what I promise our, everybody here, and it's true, and I think in most leadership development environments, if you build something and you have a joyous spirit, you will get noticed, period. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, the more common uh, thoughts would be find a coach, find a mentor, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say one, maybe one other thing, well, we could talk about this for an hour, but one other thing comes to mind, and that is, Hold, hold off on giving answers <laughs> until people ask you questions. <laughs> that, that's a great way for good a advice. young leader to go farther. Yeah. So, Very good advice. You know, you were mentioning something because we were, we were kind of directing right now towards the younger leaders or the newer leaders. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned about how you know, a lot of times they want to see the table and this is a good thing. And then as, as maybe as veteran leaders or lead leaders providing the space for that, some leaders might consider that risky, right? Some leaders might consider that something risky and not just that, but other decisions or other adjustments, because when we're comfortable where we are, it will sometimes keep us from stepping out of that comfort zone and maybe taking risks how would you describe the role of risk-taking in leadership and why is risk-taking so essential if we want to be effective? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I think we could sum it up this way maybe to start is that the nature of leadership is, involves being out in front. And when you're out in front, if you're, if, if you're it's kind of like uh, if we had a whiteboard here, I'd, I could write a, like a letter A here and an arrow and letter B. 
and letter A is whether you, maybe you're leading a department or a student ministry or a small group or a campus uh -huh. or senior pastor. The letter A is where you're at right now, where the people mm -hmm. are at right now. Letter B is where God is telling you to take them. And the, wow. and the journey yeah. between the two is, is, the, is the journey that the leader takes first. The leader always goes first. The leader's always out in front. That's the idea. The nature of leadership is being out in front. So you're always looking at B while the people are living in A, right? <laughs> and you're figuring out, okay, what problems have to be solved? What resources do I need? What relationships need to be created? What you know, you're out here figuring it out. And of course, the, the, what wears on some leaders is they go, yes, I've got it. We can do it. And then, they, then they, God reminds us all, now go back and get the people, you know, because then you got to go, you got to go take them with you, you know. Nobody's with you. <laughs> Nobody's with you yet. So, but here's, here's the point. The risk is if you're really leading, if you're really out in front, what that, the real, like rubber meets the road definition is you are, you are taking the people, you and the people are going somewhere you've never been before. Right. Even if you, maybe you as the leader, maybe you've been there before, but you and, and this group of people, they've never, if you're actually leading, now that's the word, if you're just doing the same thing with the same people over and over again, that's not leading. Right. But if you're taking them somewhere and you're, that means you're going somewhere you've never been before, there's risk involved because you don't know what's out, you don't know what's out there. And, and so, that's, sorry, that's a long-winded answer, but what I'm trying to say is, if you're going to make progress, if you're gonna go somewhere, there's risk involved. Right. Yeah. We're there's not risk. called, we're not called to go and take people where they've already been as leaders. Right. Right. And so the nature of that, when we're, if you're making a trip that you've never done before, there's going to be risk. You so good. Get, you don't know all the answers. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's part of, that's part of the adventure of leadership, right? That, yeah. that, you know, we don't always know what's ahead, but that's why, we need the leaders. That's why we need people that are willing to lead. This, this leads good into the next question that I have for you um, um, because there's challenges right now uh, in the current situation. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that's been limited is being together in person in groups. And, and obviously as a church, this, is, this feels like it's almost like, like the worst thing that can happen for, for a church community. Yep. What advice would you give to leaders who are, who are looking to connect and build community during this time, you know, uh, you know, or even find or cultivate a support system when it's so hard to be in person, you know, what, what advice, what tips could you bring in? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I couldn't agree with you more. It's vital. Uh, the, the word that comes to my mind, you, you were, you said before initiative, the word that comes to my mind is kind of in the same ballpark is proactive. Yeah. Uh, do anything, anything you've got to do, beg, borrow, steal, just, and, and the, the, one of the things to, to get practical about that is um, uh, I, I get to be in a lot of XP groups. I organize XP groups. I'll mentor mm. XP groups. I'll invite, you know, and, and I'll hear people say, well, I, I'm not in a group. How do you get in a group? How do you get in a group? Don't wait. If, if you're not in a group, don't <laughs> wait until someone invites you, go make one. It's not hard. Start just, one. Just start one. Literally, just if you're a campus pastor or a worship leader and, and get on the phone and call some ch churches around your city or around the country and just say, hey, we're going to meet every X, X amount or whatever during COVID or whatever you might want to, you know, what your idea is. And I'm Zooming a new group right now about maybe every, well, I don't know how many weeks we're, we're deciding right, right now. But, um, but we get on Zoom. Now, you mentioned that. Is that ideal? No. But in COVID, it really works. Right. 
And when you're talking to your tribe, five, five men and women, six, 10, you know, that you zoom in and you start sh sharing ideas, it is life giving. So yeah. if you're not invited into a group, go make one and zoom. I've been, I've been doing, I've been organizing them and been in these groups for over 30 years. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. Yeah. There's a power. Um, uh, uh, there's, there's a synergy. There's even brotherhood kind of can build up and sisterhood, you know, can build up even though it's not physically face to face in person, but you know, with today's technology, I mean, imagine if we were going through this without the technology, you know, then that would be a whole nother story, but you're oh. right. Taking initiative. Oh. Yeah. Just, just, you know, and somebody might say, well, let's, uh, you know, I don't know who to call. Y yes, you do. Just, 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 <laughs> you know, who to call, you know, and, and, and I don't want to belabor it, but, but I, I am a little bit because it's so important. It's so yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've heard that, you know, true life transformation happens in the context of relationships, you know, not just information. And that's why uh, we see this in the way Jesus lived his life and the way that he modeled it with, with the disciples. And, and he always was intentional about that. And I think that building community is something that we can't, we can't afford not to fight for or not to initiate. And as leaders, I think we should be modeling that for the rest of the community. Um, I want to switch gears here a little bit, uh, Dan, because I'll just be honest with you. Um, as somebody who's kind of watched from a distance and, and, and seen and heard about you, Dan, um, I can imagine that you have stories. You have many, some might even implicate people, so you don't have to go there, but <laughs> can you share uh, maybe, maybe a funny story or a funny experience from your beginning leadership journey, you know, you know, whether it was way back in the day when you didn't even know you were a leader or just kind of starting off as, as a pastor and in leadership, sure. is there anything funny that comes to mind? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a short one. It's, a, it's actually a, a short one, but it's a double header. So you ready for that? All right, I'm ready. So, so Mike, <laughs> I'm out of seminary, my first, my first year out of seminary, and, I, and John, John Maxwell was his uh, second year at the church in San Diego. Uh -huh. And so I was, and he started an internship. And here's my claim to fame. I broke John Maxwell's internship. Nice. <laughs> I was the first intern <laughs> under John and the last. He brought wow. me in, I was the intern, and whatever he saw in the experience, he closed the internship and never started <laughs> again. So my claim to fame is I killed John Maxwell's intern program. Now, wow. there's redemption. Okay. At the conclusion of my first year, he said, Dan, I want you to, I want you to come on, on the team and stay with me. And, that, and we, that was 19 more years for 20 years together. So something good happened. But in that first year, <laughs> when I was the intern that shut down the John Maxwell's intern program, I got invited to the platform. Now, I'm just a rookie kid. I don't know. This is back in the day when we wore suits and tie. This is like 1982 uh -huh. or three or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And and uh, uh, and the pastors, would some of them would sit up on the platform. On the stage, yeah. yeah, I remember. You remember? Yeah, okay. And so I got, you know, I'm just, I'm this kid and I got invited and there's John Maxwell and he's preaching and I got invited on the stage to read scripture. Wow. And so I opened the Bible and I read it and I just thought I killed it, but I'm kind of, you know, I don't want to just stare at my notes. I'm looking at my notes right now. You don't want to just stare at your notes the whole time. So I was looking up at the people and looking at my notes. It was a long passage. And, and I could tell the people were kind of like going like, they're kind of like, 
I, I couldn't understand what they were, you know, so I finished reading the scripture and I walked down to sit by my wife, Patty, in, 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 the, in the pew, right? Uh-huh. And, I, and I leaned over to her and I felt sweaty because my, my intuitive nature said something's wrong. Yeah. And I leaned over, I said, how'd I do? How'd I do? How did, did I read good? How'd I do? And she said, oh, sweetie, you read great. You are awesome. And I said, great. And about three minutes later, she goes, but you read the wrong scripture. Oh, my <laughs> I just think, no. But anyway, what happens? It's what happens. And, let me, and, and, and I'll just add to this because I know exactly what you're saying. Leader, young leaders, you will have these moments. And when you're living them in the moment, it, it, it stinks and you don't want to be in there. But later, as time goes by, you can tell the story and laugh about it. Right, Dan? You can tell it later in the moment. You're right. It wasn't funny in the moment. But, but <laughs> not when she, I said, what? But now it's a fun, silly story and who cares? And yeah. Hey, I want to I want to close off uh, with one more question, and then we'll just t- we'll talk a little bit about the Avail Journal. But I want to ask one last question. Um, again, your book is Confident Leader. Yeah. So it's important to be confident, but how how can a leader be confident, but also aware of weaknesses or faults at the same time? Is there a balance that's healthy there? Is is this something that you've experienced? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, that that balance between you know the humility awareness of flaws and faults and things mm-hmm. and yet confidence awareness of what god has put in you and given you your calling and your gifts i think that balance is what keeps us away from overconfidence and underconfidence hmm. um, your flaws and your faults my flaws and my faults um actually build help build your confidence and, and i'll tell you tell you why how that works is when we just kind of admit our stuff right? We just kind of own our stuff. Everybody got stuff. Mm-hmm. We just kind of own it, the flaws, all that kind of stuff. It makes us human. Yeah. So we're self-aware. It makes us human. And that lets, that when you're human, it lets you be real, which is one of the first steps to confidence, just being the real you. Yeah. Honestly, it's the leaders who try to be perfect who get in so much trouble or leaders who try to perform who get in trouble or, you know, the performance trap, all that kind of stuff. Um, your mistakes, my mistakes, our mistakes help us learn and grow. And God fills in the gaps. He fills in the gaps. I mean, one of the narratives in the book, the book is in three parts and there's three biblical narratives that go along with it, uh, with Moses, David, and, and Nehemiah, kind of that kind of attached to each chapter in each of the parts. And I think Moses was arguably the greatest leader in all of history, at least mm. biblically. And yeah. look at how his, he had no confidence whatsoever. And then God had to go back over and over and over and over and over. And, and, but he finally kind of got in touch with who he was and God filled in the gaps. And, and that just sustained him. It, and I think ultimately uh, it's that partnership with God that pulls it all together. That, that's so good. And I, and I think it's so true. One of the things that I'm really pulling out of this conversation with you today is that Sometimes we look at, you know, underconfidence is bad and we tend to think overconfidence is good. But the reality is that those two extremes are both are both dangerous. Um, I want to I want to just take a moment here, Dan, and um, and just say thank you for um, for leading so well. And thank you for producing and providing resources that that we can have in our hands and, and dig into and really learn and grow as leaders. I really want to encourage people to, uh, to get the book. It's Confident Leader. And you can find that on Amazon. They can find that on Amazon, right, Dan? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, a Confident Leader by Dan Ryland. I also want to encourage everybody to go to danryland.com. There's a wealth of, of information and knowledge and even some great resources. Uh, as a church leader, I have been blessed by danryland.com, and I suggest that if you haven't been there, you check it out. Again, the book is Confident Leader. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, I also want to take a moment. I want to mention the Avail Journal, the Avail Journal. Uh, anybody watching the video of the podcast can see I'm holding one right here with Dr. Sam Chan on the cover. Uh, the Avail Journal is a resource that we are producing at Avail uh, that has great content, amazing articles, great leadership principles throughout the whole journal. Um, I know, Dan, that you have helped to contribute to articles in the Avail Journal as well as to our Avail Leadership platform online. Uh, by the way, if, uh, if you didn't know, you can get a free annual subscription uh, of the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com, availjournal.com. You can get a free annual subscription. Uh, we got we to gotta wrap this up here, Dan, but I know that you wrote an article called Know Yourself. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that a good read for our leaders? I think so. I'm biased, but I think so. <laughs> I, I tell you, if, if, I can, if I can, just to, I, I love the Avail Journal. I got my first copy, the July copy. It's it's just gorgeous. First good. of all, I mean, it just it feels it's, good too. It's just, it's just, a, it, it's, it's wonderful. But article after article after article, just top quality. Um, uh, but yes, I did. I was fortunate to, to have an article in there and, uh, and kind of goes to self-awareness really. And I, I think seeing yourself accurately, uh, the title of the article is know yourself, but it's about self-awareness. I think seeing yourself accurately is vital to self-awareness. Yeah. And as, as a leadership development church for our staff and, and for the, the leadership in the, in the church, we start everything in leadership development starts with self-awareness, everything. Yeah. You lack, if you lack self-awareness, you might know how to do leadership, but you don't necessarily know how to be a leader. Yeah. And, and, you know, doing leadership, you know, recruiting, developing strategy, training, that's, you can just be a smart guy and, and, and a guy, woman and, and do leadership but that's not going to sustain when you, if you, but when you be, when you are a leader, yeah, that's the more, that's more like reading a room intuitive. You know, if people like you, if they don't like you, if they trust you, if they don't trust you, you know how to add the right value to the right person at the right time. That's more, that's more the in, uh, instincts of a leader. And that only comes from self-awareness. So good. So you guys can check that out in our Avail Journal. Again, free annual subscription if you go to availjournal.com. This has been such a great journey with you in this podcast, Dan. Uh, we have about a minute to wrap it up here. Any last final comments or thoughts you want to share with all the leaders that are connected with us? Oh, my. Uh, you know, I think I'll tap into something we, we just touched on, and, and that is just, you know, God, God made you exactly right. Be yourself the best way to connect with people, which is really the beginning of all your leadership. It's the, it's the beginning of all your influence, uh, obviously un, under God's power and authority is connection. And uh, for you to just be who you are, be yourself. People like you best when you're you. Not everybody's gonna like you. <laughs> Not everybody's gonna like you, but people like you best when you're you. And I just, my prayer would be, if I could be your coach for 10 seconds is to, just you be you and, and God's going to lead best through that person. Yeah. That's so good. Um, great advice from Dan Ryland. I would say he's a leader of leaders. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for your time with us. Thank you for 
um, just investing in leaders. I think uh, I, I really, I don't, I don't say this lightly and I, and I think it's important for you to hear this. I'm, you know, I'm sure at church, you know, and, and, and people around you probably affirm you, but you're really making a difference, Dan. And I think you've been, do, you've been making a difference for, for a long time and you have a lot more difference to make. But just speaking as somebody who's, who, who's just recently maybe met you personally, but I've been blessed indirectly just by your website, you know, just by the, the articles you've written and the, 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 um, the leadership resources that you've put out there. And, and, and I know that I'm not alone. So thank you on behalf of Christian leaders, the ones that are, that have been close and maybe know you and also the ones that maybe don't know you personally and the ones that are meeting you now. Cause I think what God's placed in you is really a gift, uh, you know, to us as church leaders. Mm. And, I, and I really want you to hear that. And I want you to know that at Avail Leadership, we really appreciate you and we honor you and we thank you for um, just for your investment in the kingdom. It really means a lot. Those, uh, I appreciate that encouragement and the kind words. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Uh, being with Pastor Dan Ryland has been such a blessing. Pastor Dan, thank you for spending this time with us. The book is Confident Leader. You can get it at Amazon. Uh, find it easy. You can also go to danryland.com. That's uh, Dan, R-E-I-L-A-N-D.com. Uh, again, if you haven't gotten the free subscriptions, the annual uh, subscription to the Avail Journal, you can do that at availjournal.com. Thank you everybody for connecting with us. Thank you, Dan, for pouring out some wisdom and leadership great experience with us. It's been a great blessing. We'll see you all next time here on the Avail Leadership Podcast. Wasn't that an insightful talk with Pastor Dan Ryland? We hope you gained as much out of that as we did. If you'd like to get Pastor Dan's book, Confident Leader, you can find it on Amazon. Also, get your hands on the Avail Journal. Remember, you can claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. Leaders, we're thinking of you and we're praying for you during this season. As always, thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast. Oh, <laughs>